Our first reading tonight says, Thus says the Lord, I know their works and their thoughts, and I come to gather nations of every language. They shall come and see my glory. What I think the prophet Isaiah is trying to tell us is that God knows our thoughts, he knows our works, he knows our desires, and through that knowledge that God has of us, he brings us to see his glory. I'd like to maybe share a little personal story, perhaps more personal than I normally would share. It's about my family and growing up. When I was born, I was born kind of not into ideal circumstances. My mother and father were not married, they had no intention on marriage, and they went their separate ways even before I was born. My father really wanted nothing to do with me or the new child that my mother gave birth to. So she was a single mother who lived with my grandmother that I grew up with in Ocanto. And so not the ideal circumstances. Because my father really wanted nothing to do with me, there wasn't all that much contact with my father's side of the family. And my mother was an only child of an only child. And so there were no relatives that I really knew of. Of course, my father had brothers and sisters, and they had children, and there were cousins, yes, but I didn't know any of their names or anything about them. And so you can imagine growing up in this type of a situation with no relatives that there was always kind of this desire that I had to have a family to have some sort of connection to other people in my family. So at the age of five, at the age of 10, 16, 21, 30, always wanting to be connected to more people in my family, but that simply wasn't to be. That was the desire. And as a priest, you can imagine that in Oshkosh, when I serve there, as I serve in Brussels and Lincoln, Rosaire, lots of families invite me into their home. They invite me for special celebrations. I celebrate Christmas with some of them. All of these different festivities, but yet it's not the same. So when my mother died in 2017 and my grandmother died in 2010, and now it's just me, there was still that longing of that family connection. After Thanksgiving on Black Friday, Ancestry had a special on one of those spit tubes. My only interest in doing the Ancestry DNA was to learn what my bloodline was because my mother was adopted. And so I knew that what my last name, as I have my mother's last name, I knew that wasn't my bloodline. And so I wanted to know what my ethnicity was. I could continue going around and saying, Looney is Irish, and that's what I claimed, but I really simply wanted to know. That was my only interest in the ancestry DNA, and the results came in, and I learned all of that information. Two weeks ago, an individual contacts me, and they say, you are my highest familial match. This woman went on to tell me that her mother also was adopted and they didn't know anything about the birth mother. And so she wanted to know how I was related to her. And so we went through, I 
through the ancestry DNA, I was able to learn the identity of my mother's birth father that wasn't ever legally determined through the uh, ancestors that I have that we found. And I also knew my father's side and those relatives. And so I sent her some names. I said, do you have these? And so we eliminated my father. I said, do you have these relatives? We eliminated the biological father. It was determined then that my mother must be the cause of our relationship. That my mother, who was put up for adoption in 1966, that her biological mother had another child in 1968. And so that mother was adopted into another family and later went on to have this daughter and so who reached out to me and we are first cousins. And so that longing, that desire that I had to be connected to a family member, it came to fruition. That God, who is the very author of these desires that we have on our own hearts and our own lives, that God was saying, one day I will fulfill it. Now, this is a very extreme situation in which God fulfills the desire of someone. But, but really, it's true for all of us that we have desires in our own life and God wants to fulfill those desires. Thus says the Lord, I know their works and their thoughts. They shall come and see my glory. There's a desire for happiness. Everybody desires to be happy. And yes, we can be happy in the things that we do. And God says, I want to fulfill that desire for you, especially uh, at the end of your life, so that you might have eternal beatitude, that you might have blessedness, complete happiness in the kingdom of heaven. There's a longing for people to be loved. And so, yes, that desire that people have to be loved is one that can be fulfilled in this life right now. Spouses loving their spouse, children loving their parents, families loving their families, friends loving their friends. And so God fulfills those desires, yes. And God says, I fulfill this desire to be loved because I sent my only son, Jesus, to die for you so that you might know that you are unconditionally loved. That no matter what you've done, no matter your past or your sins, that God loves you in all of it. There's a desire to belong. It's why we gather as a church community to belong to something more, something greater. It's why we're involved in the local community. It's why we'll gather next week for our Kermis to gather as a community of believers. Maybe it's belonging to an organization. And so that desire to be long is one that God consistently fulfills in our lives. God has placed certain desires on our hearts. And just as God has fulfilled those desires for me by finding this cousin of mine, I know that God wants to fulfill those desires for you. And so if we follow him, if we pray to him over time, we'll see how he will do that for each one of us.